All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. Hi, I'm Matt Schreiber, and this is Bull Bear Radio. Hey, it's our one-year anniversary. We've been doing it for a year now. What What do you think? You know, we've been having some fun. This is episode number 46. 46 episodes in. We're now counting the episodes. We're one year in. We're making it. We're, we're counting the episodes now. And I got the dividend doctor here with me. Don, how's it going today? Just going great, man. I can't wait to... Uh Really blast off here on 46. Let's get her going. Yeah, well, you know, if, if you don't know us, Don is the, you know, founder, CEO of WBI, that nice bull bear head you may have seen in our, our logo. Don and I created that together. It's because we try and get good upside and less downside. Bull market participation, bear market capital preservation, right? Absolutely. Now, we love doing this we podcast. We think it's the right? best logo in the biz, baby. Well, we've been told that, and that's pretty cool, because I think it's really cool. It looks good on you know collateral materials. It looks good on a hoodie. It's a nice logo, right? Yeah. So tell your, your mothers, your brothers, your friends, your, your daughters, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, and you know your second cousin about Bull Bear Radio and WBI, because, hey, we're cool. We're bringing fun back to finance on this podcast. And we're what trying it's to for. blow this thing up and help people invest their money better so they can be in better financial shape when they need to at retirement. Okay. So we're, we're going to delve deeper into all that uh, a little bit later, but hey, you know... The end of the quarter just passed here. By the way, by the way, way, Matt. What? what? Matt has been with the company about 16 years. No, I have not been here 16 years. I started in 2005, Guru. It seems like 16 years, doesn't it? Oh, it seems like a long time, right? (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, he's the president of WBI. He's the guy who kind of runs the the operations. I guess. Gets the sales uh, team going and all that good stuff. He's the man. He's the man. That well, that's nice. I mean, that's that's from the the founder, CEO, and uh, you know, visionary guru himself. So I guess I got a job today. That's a good thing, right? Absolutely. Could no. have been worse than that. What's going on out Could there in like the markets, a, man? He does a terrible job. He's uh, on the brink of being fired, and uh, you know, our our relationship's dirt. Oh man, but we, that's not the case. We love working together. Yep. We love doing this podcast. It's the most fun we have every single week. It's it's pretty been pretty fun. Now you know, the last couple of weeks has been tough to pull off. We got a lot going on. It's the fall. Things heated up. But look, we are going to wrap Q three in a nice little like Tiffany's box with a bow on it for a you. A blue Tiffany's box. Yeah, I this like is it. Special baby. What do you have in there? This is Diamonds. Make you feel good. So U.S. equities finished higher in Q three. That was good, right? Big news. Big news. The S&P posted its biggest quarterly gain in nearly five years. Now, I have a lot more on this uh, S&P 500 thing, but let's get through the wrap before I actually dissect the S&P 500, because I'm a... That headline is awesome, but wait till I pull apart the index in a second, okay? So both the Dow and the S&P have risen in 11 of the past 12 quarters. Huh. Pretty awesome, right? NASDAQ's up for the market, ninth man. straight quarter. It's a bull market, It's baby. a bull market. 
So you, the one side of that bull bear head's rocking right now. Yeah, man. Right? Woo. You know. Uh, so healthcare led this this most recent fueled this rally this most recent quarter along with information technologies. Um, you know, industrials had a good quarter because you know there was a little bit more of this. Hey, the economy's doing pretty good. Maybe trade war subsides a little bit. Last week or two, you know, uh, industrials started to perk back up. Um, so tech consumer discretionary communication services also outperformed in the midst of the quarter, right? Communication services. This is new, right? It used to be telecommunications. Three companies were in that sector. Now it's a grab bag of different companies like Facebook and that type of thing. They got reclassified from tech to communication services. Yeah, they, they so there was a big move. They took an axe out, cut the fang in half, and stuck most of it in into communication, communication services. services. And so, if you noticed that there was some stuff being bought and sold a, a week ago, volatility a last little week, volatility right? last week, it was because people were not only able to uh, reposition their portfolios in alignment with this new sector classification, they poured extra dollars into communication sector. Right. And then they double down on tech. Essentially. So you have to think about it. They had to sell everything second, else. Right? Well, in telecommunications, right? You had three companies. They were the whole sector, basically, or, or a derivation thereof. And then you have to sell all that stuff because it's not nearly as big. Those aren't nearly as big a companies as, let's say, Facebook from a, a market cap perspective. So if you have to sell a whole lot of stuff to make room for Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's the way. That's why it was volatile last week. And people were like, what's going on? You know, markets up, markets down. What's going And value sold off. Well, think about it for a second, right? The telecommunication companies, all three of them were value-oriented companies. Dividends, so baby. So you went from 100% value in telecommunications to now what 61% growth in the new communication services sector. Yep. Yeah. Holy cow. So you just So did that just you ripped, blow your mind? Yeah, you ripped all the money out of value and dividend paying stocks and you poured it into non-dividend paying growth stocks. Episode number forty-six done. No, we got no. a lot more here for you. So that that's was what just, happened last week. That was just the first couple of minutes. Wait here. for this week. Yeah. So fundamentals through the quarter, man. We had a great Q3. It made Q3 a good positive quarter from a price perspective. Earnings continue to be strong. According to FactSet, Q2 earnings per share. Uh, increase 25% year over year. 25%. Yep. Half a hundred. I mean, yep. I'm sorry, quarter of a hundred. Yep. Unbelievable. So, and, and that was a little bit better than the Q1 growth. It's the strongest uh, since the 34% growth that we saw in earnings in Q3 of 2014. Wow. Boy, that's a blast from the past. Well, 34% of, <laughs> it was a big growth rate on no earnings. Right we back out, then, we were coming out of the recession. I mean, earnings were right. just just starting year to perk over up. year, just perking year up over year, year over was, year. Was big it was growth. a big number? That's right. On a small base, now we got big numbers on big base. That's right. So it's it's real growth. Um, you know, so uh, we saw ten percent revenue growth. It was the highest in nearly seven years. Can you believe that this past quarter? So sure, it was man. a great quarter for That's fundamentals. Great. What's to come? Economy is pretty strong, 4.2% GDP growth in Q2, and we've got you know really strong earnings that yeah, happen to just line up with all of the economic growth. I mean, funny how that is. Yeah. And if revenue growth was 10%, you can bet earnings are going to be pretty decent 
because you know they have to produce the stuff that they sell. Everybody's got backlog inventory. Right. They got to produce stuff to actually meet those revenue yes, numbers. Yes, and inventories, in fact, in in uh, you know were were bigger than uh, expected, and that should help fuel a pretty good Q3 print. Most people are thinking, the experts think that Q3 GDP is going to be around 3.1 percent. So you had a a 4.2 print. Followed by what could be 3.1? Man, we're, we are growing. This is a good thing. We are. And I think that the, uh, wait, wait for it, not so fast. It's going to be better than the experts think. Right. Well, because companies have been managing expectation here, too. They've been saying, oh, man, we're not going to grow in the second half hey, of man, the year. One of the things we're watching closely is I got to tell you, companies are coming out and guiding lower. And more and more companies are doing it. Well, that is early signs of termites starting to slow. Eat at the foundation. Eat at the of your foundation house. of the economy, baby. Yep, things are slowing down a bit. Yeah, we've seen it also on the real estate well, side. Well, wait for it. Right later I mean, come in the on, episode, man. when we start to dissect, right, the S and P by different factors. They S and P five hundred. They have different factor biased indices based on momentum. Uh, high beta, low vol, all this kind of stuff. We're going to go through that Professor in a couple Matt, of minutes. You can't take us too deep, man. Well, we're not Come going on, to Professor yet. Matt. But I also have how many companies are contributing towards this great 10 plus percent year-to-day print so far. That's in the second half of Bull Bear Radio today. I bet, it, back, I bet, I bet you can uh, count them on both uh, hands. Oh, pretty close. <laughs> Buybacks. Can't count on both hands, though. Buybacks have been huge. Huge. Right? Huge. Bonanza. Buybacks. It's the some of the- Buyback bonanzas in full stream, it's baby. It's been the biggest cash bend so far for S&P 500 companies this year, according to Goldman Sachs. Man, it's supposed to get to, for the year, a trillion dollars on buybacks. The first half total Never before number. First, big, big. First half totaled $384 billion. 384, right? And if you want to know what's keeping this market propped up and who's the buyer of all this stock, it's companies buying their own stock. The buybacks, a trillion bucks, is a lot of capital going into shares. Right. 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 And it's driving prices higher. So look, jobs have been strong, right, in the quarter. Jobs were huge, right? People are getting excited here getting real excited about the markets. Guess what? Retail investors have the highest stock percentages in history almost 70 percent so the retail investor has piled in right here in 2018 they weren't that high last year it's a big move man this is a big move and if you big move if this actually is eclipsing 1999 in terms of equity ownership speculation this this is this is something so people are starting to get a little greedy maybe even euphoria but people are debating whether we've got euphoria in the markets yet let me tell you Uh what a speculative investor is a twitchy investor oh yeah so anyway back back to the unemployment low right so that's that's a good thing Initial jobless claims fell to a fresh multi-decade low. You've got jobs that have been month after month, 200,000 plus new jobs. I mean, the economy is cooking right now. What about wages, man? Wages are on the rise, up 2.9%. That's good. 
Did you see? Strong, did you it, see what Amazon just and, did? Oh my God! Two point nine percent. Get ready for it. So if if wage growth is on the rise, right, and and especially for hourly workers at Amazon, everybody's getting a huge increase, and that's a lot of employees. Three hundred and fifty thousand employees are going to have more money in their pocket to spend. If they have more money in their pocket to spend, what's that lead to? Dividend, doctor. More growth. More growth and eventually, from pri- a price perspective, inflation. Yes, inflation. I haven't seen it yet. Right. I'll tell but you what, though. But if the though, Fed starts to see, you see it, what happened holy to the, cow. Did you see what happened to the retail sector yesterday when, the, when Amazon announced that? $15? Because oh, $15 yeah. is oh, a big man. jump that's, that's in wages. And every a, major retailer was down huge oh, yesterday. Yep. Huge. Bad news. So, hey, we slowed it down there for a second. Hopefully you didn't fall asleep. We're picking this thing right back up. We got a lot more stuff here to uh, talk about. I mean, trade, right? Trade wars have been in a big overhang for the market. The reason why the market's probably not through the roof at this point is because we've had a lot of talk about tariffs, trade wars, China, China, China. At the same time, we've gotten a couple of trade deals in recent weeks, which have been covered, but not nearly covered that much because of the Chinese overhang, right? But you did get a revamped NAFTA deal. Um, it's the best ever. It's, it, it's better anyway. Uh, but hey, listen, but it's been billed as the best. fact that we've got a deal is good. That's one of the risk factors that we take off the US, table. Mexico, Canada. Hey, man, we got positive momentum on trade deals. Unbelievable. Right. And a week ago, everybody thought it was going to be terrible trade wars through the rest of the year. And it was going to be no hope. In, and, in, and the muscles in, from in, Brussels, in, Jean-Claude uh, Van Damme came in and said, hey, we're going to revamp. Our, I meant, I'm sorry, it's Yonker. <laughs> I got excited there. But no, it's it's uh, Jean-Claude Yonker, right? President Yonker, uh, dude that's uh, head of the EU, said, hey, we're going to we're going to try and get as as close to net zero tariffs as possible here. So right? Europe looks like it's working in the right. Japan's going to come along, mm-hmm. right? The only one that's hanging out there is China. China. And you want to know what else has happened? There's been a shift in consensus opinion and alignment between all of the major developed economies that China needs to change their trade. They're really adverse and anti-competitive trade practices, especially as it relates to stealing intellectual property. And so they've been trying to deleverage their economy. Uh, we, we spoke a little bit about the 20 million new residential par- apartment units and the risk there if they stop building and delevering and supporting their economy. Um, but let's say, you know, uh, we get a, a cease to the trade war and all that kind of stuff. It could be good. But at the same time, there's a ton of, you know, emerging markets problems. And we saw this with Italy in the past couple of weeks. New populist government. They want to spend, 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 baby. At the same time, the ECB is not going to buy bonds by year end from uh, Italian debt anymore. And they want to float more debt. Flashing news break. Is, is the this populist like, government insane? The populist government in Italy that said that they problem? were going to go along with the ECB caps. This oh, morning. Really? really? Whoa. 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 So there's, Whoa. An, so I, there's I, another potential I disaster. Here. Potential See? disaster avoided. Breaking news. Bull Bear Radio. That's what we do here, guys. Oh, we're good, aren't we? Bulletin. So look. The Coming f- across the desk. The Fed, right? No surprises there. 
But I'll tell you what was surprising. Their latest minutes, they said, hey, our, our policy is no longer, quote unquote, accommodative. Hey, listen, they're getting a little bit, uh, you know, fired up about this economy. Jerome too. Powell, man. strong, baby. Jer- Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, is stunned by the economic performance. Pretty much Goldilocks looking really great. Yep. And guess what? what? The Fed has to get interest rates higher than they are to give them more power in a crisis to cut rates. And this oh, Fed no. speak that we currently have. <laughs> you just is, took our whole thing down. I think that their excess, exceedingly All excessive right. positivity about the economic cycle at the moment oh, is giving them more cover to raise rates sooner, faster. If you haven't noticed, man, you the 10 year treasuries at 3.11% jumped up bunch this week and the long treasury 30 year is at 3.27 and it broke through its resistance level it's going higher interest rates are a risk factor big time in the continuation of this great economic great corporate earnings and revenue story and fantastic bull market potential right interest rates are the big factor it's the guillotine that's hanging over this thing okay so look don you just you kind of sunk bull bear radio here like the titanic no we're, no no we're, man we more got on that in a we, second we got to tell it straight we're, to people man we got a, a lot of good info on the back end here and that's what we do here bringing a little fun back to finance and we try and bring you great news and information here every single week we'll be right back can't get enough of Bull Bear Radio? Check out the Bull Bear Minute. WBI experts quickly break down investing hot topics in these short podcast episodes. Search Bull Bear Minute on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. Yo, so we're back. As always, all right, here's the commercial. You got to, you know, like uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or the Google Play, SoundCloud, Ron Sanos, you know, which is uh, tune in. Uh, check us out on Twitter, WBI president, WBI CEO. We're over on LinkedIn. We're everywhere you want to be. We have different information on all those different mediums. Go there, check it out, pick it up and, uh, you know, help us out a little bit. Let's grow this bull bear community. Let's help people invest more successfully and have a little fun doing it. Right. So, Hey, we were talking about the Titanic for a second. Let's stop right there. Right. You talk about the Titanic. People Where'd getting a little, gre- well, you talk about people getting a little greedy, euphoric, right? They start to pile more money into the S and P 500, so on and so forth. You know, that's this premise that it's like the Titanic, right? It's never going to sink. It's never going to go down again. This is like a new normal, right? So the markets are never going to go down again. Well, the Titanic was the unsinkable boat, remember? Yes. And and as a result, they, you know, piled all the people on and they set sail and they were partying and having a great time. Then they hit the iceberg, right? And then, huh, whoops, we forgot about half the lifeboats, right? Well, you know, the thing that's stunning about the Titanic. Could have 42, Titanic. but it had 20. Hey, listen. So hit- they, they lessened the risk management, man. Where's the risk management? And then you all know- these people die. The Titanic, the movie had a great soundtrack. Did you notice that? Yeah, Celine, chest thumping. I mean, it's it, was, all good, it was great. Right? It was all good. But the thing that stunned Soaring. me. Soaring. The real story is. Soundtrack. That p- even after the Titanic hit the iceberg, 
People continued to party because they didn't think. The consensus opinion was this this ship couldn't sink. It was too big. It was too strong. It was yep. too powerful. And right? poor Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, he died, man. <laughs> but if they had, you know, an extra 22 lifeboats, he might have been okay, right? Hey, listen. Jeez. They, they, they could have had 44 lifeboats. They only had 20. Because they didn't think the ship 40, would ever 40, sink. 44 or 42 lifeboats. 44, I don't remember what the number know. was. Right? Whatever. But so on and so is, forth. No risk management, when, man. When greed really starts to surface, when 70% of retail investors are piled into stocks, the greatest number ever. Highest, highest, you know, percentage. Uh, percentage 70%. Unbelievable, right? So you know people are really into this market. Right. This is a bull market. And we think that the market- people could go higher from here it could for a little while right hey, i i just gave a seminar you know for an advice but that doesn't mean right? abandon a good strategy in terms of having a lifeboat for god's and everybody sakes. is pretty much concerned that this bull market is going to end at some time and they're very frightened that sometime it's going to go down a lot yes but and they asked me when is it, you know, do you think, what do you think the year-end uh, value is on the S&P? I said, you know, if everything lines up in the most positive fashion, you could probably get 10% more from, from uh, you know, a week ago. Sure. About, you know, 10% more return. Right. And they were like, wow. Well, I said, but, you know, we should be looking for lifeboats right now. Right. Investing lifeboats. The and best lifeboat that you have in terms of reducing risk is raising cash and no one's willing to do it and just like the partiers on the titanic wanted to continue to party it was new year's eve it was great they weren't going to give up their spot on the dance floor and goodness gracious that can, was a really bad decision or you can have a manager that can invest but also can move to cash at some point you know check us out wbiinvestments.com so let's move on here let's move on here uh, New York Times pointed out that P ratios are nowhere near the peak scene during the dot-com bubble, right? We're Nonsense. at 25 and change on a trailing 12-month PE. So your hypothesis that we could go 10 or 20% higher would fit with where the dot-com PEs were, right? But that's about how much you can squeeze out of the lemon here probably, that, right? That, that was insane overvaluation. 10-15%. And people didn't think that the market could end back then there were pundits on tv left and right saying this time it's different the market's not going to ever go down trust me the fed is in a tightening cycle if they continue to raise rates which i believe they're going to do because they have to no matter what yep they will crater the markets okay so you know let's it's just a matter of time I want to take a look at something, right? So the S and P five hundred, I dissected it before you know we got on the on the air here, right? So year to date, year to date, the top ten stocks have accounted for fifty four percent of the index's return this year. Fifty four percent top ten stocks have to return ten stocks. Yeah, in the S and P five hundred, fifteen stocks. 6.86%, 65% of the return, right? Top 20 stocks, 71% of the return. Top 25 stocks account for 76% of the return. 25 stocks. Well, you know the thing- What the other 475 man. do? 2.48%. I happened to look at some of this uh, S&P data too. And you know, the interesting thing is- Market those, performance those is stocks, razor thin, dude. Those top stocks, the, the S&P 500 <sighs> index- has an unbelievable overweight to tech. Hmm. 
growth and momentum stocks. Right. And, in and fa- that's yep. where the return has come from. And people think it's all good. The problem is the last time we were in a situation like this was 1999, where the tech and momentum growth stocks led the leaderboard and contributed the vast majority of the return. My goodness, the NASDAQ, which is all tech stuff, was up 85%. The S&P was only up 24 during 1999. Yep. People didn't think it could go down, but when those stocks break, and they're so overvalued, that it, it's not they're not 25 PE multiples. Amazon, for God's sake, has a PE multiple of like 1,000. No, it's not that high anymore. It's really high. It, it's not that high anymore. It's really high. It, it's still really high. It's really high. Way outside of a reasonable. Yes. So the S&P 500 Dow Jones company, right, uh, has these S&P global indices, factor indices. And it gives you a good indication where the return's coming from this year. So Q3, which was one of the best quarters in a long, long time, right, up 7.71%. So most of the return here for the year has come in one quarter, and most of the return for the year has come from uh, half the return has come from uh, 10 stocks. You can count them on uh, both hands. You can count where all the returns come on your, your fingers and your toes. Man, when I saw Come that, when I saw that right? seven point seven one, I was like, "Man, I gotta try to remember that the quarter was that good because the last couple of weeks it doesn't have seem been, that you good. know ugly." But you know and what? It doesn't feel like it was a well, good quarter. Well, that is because unless you own quality, momentum, and growth, right? And uh, a those little are the, those are the factor quality, value, momentum combined, multi-factor, right? Um, and then dividend aristocrats, which is a narrow segment, and those big companies that keep increasing dividends, those are the only factors that outperformed during Q3. And factors are important because WBI has a factor process to select well, securities. Factors drive performance. That's, that's what most people use to, to, to select securities today is some kind of factor approach. Now, there there's about a dozen of these, right? And only four of the dozen outperformed the 7.71%. Quality, S&P 500 quality, 9.87%. Momentum, 9.75%. Growth, 9.28%, right? Uh, S&P the way, 500 just, dividend aristocrat, 7.91%. You know, just just in case value was only up five. You're as inquisitive as I am. Why was quality at the top of the leaderboard above momentum and growth? That seems odd to me. But quality has thirty seven point three percent of that factor uh, set the security weighting to the tech sector. So it's basically the exact same thing as, as momentum, momentum and growth. Yeah. The other thing, though, that's interesting over the last one year period, right? Quality isn't number one on the list. It's middle of the pack and it's underperformed the S&P 500 too. So momentum growth, pure growth, multi-factor value buybacks, those over the last trailing 12 months have been the ones that have performed close to the S&P 500's return of 17.91%. So on the bottom of the list though, interestingly enough, high dividend, low volatility, and value. Even high beta. Value. Pure value, momentum value, enhanced value, S&P 500 value, everything value or dividend is way towards the bottom. In fact, S&P 500 high dividend, 
Remember, the S&P is at 7.71% up for the quarter. S&P 500 high dividend, 1.84%. Momentum, 9.75%. Now, the interesting thing that you pointed out to me when we looked at this, right, was the bottom right-hand corner that when, you know, uh, momentum underperforms, low volatility, high div outperforms. Well, that's why you're complete opposites. The balance that's why of you're supposed to here. build in some allocation dynamics that include things that have covariance to each other. That's right. Now, from a factor perspective, we have factor ETFs that kind of line up with some of those factors. And in fact, the WBI ETFs actively managed multi factor, generally speaking, outperformed uh, across the board uh, over the quarter. Absolutely. One of the things that we have is we have. We buy dividend-paying stocks with a value bias. That's basically just core to everything that we do. They're all dividend payers, and we know that the dividend payers, the high-yielding dividend-paying uh, stocks, uh, you know, really underperformed. If you think the quarter was a staggering difference, you know, momentum is the leading sector, you know, over the last 12 months. 30% return. 30% for momentum. Growth, 25. S&P, uh, 500 high dividend factor, 9.79. So 30 versus under 10. Yep. 25 versus under 10. Yep. So d typically, you know, we're going to be buying dividend paying stocks, but because of the security selection, we were able to get a lot better performance um, than, you know, would be indicated by those uh, factors that we would most closely align with. Sure. Which is a really good thing for us, but it's interesting and the risk in the markets are very similar to what they were in 1999. The top three or four uh, factor sets that are driving the securities in those factor Same sets ones. are driving the market. Same momentum, ones. growth, growth, and multi-factor, which includes momentum, growth, and value. All right. So, Don, you know... Um, very interesting information. Any parting thoughts here for the audience here on Bull Bear Radio today? Or, uh, you know, we flip a little bit more information back at them next week. Well, listen, you know, I've seen this a couple of times uh, before in my career, about three, where we're at a, uh, you know, peak overvaluation. The markets are still running. The economy looks good. I, I would not move a lot of money to cash at the moment. But, you know, you got to start planning on what is your exit plan. Where are the lifeboats? Hunker the down. The investing lifeboats are as follows. First, make sure you have d a defensive addition to your portfolio. Everybody's concentrated trying to get those last gasp growth and momentum type returns. You've got to build some diversification into your portfolio. Batten and you got to look for the defensive stuff, value, high dividend. And you can get They're paid the most away. over part of the, of the market. Yeah, when you have a high dividend focus, you're going to get a source of return that isn't dependent on the price moves. That's your first lifeboat. The next lifeboat that you got to be looking at is hedging and or cash. And you've got to be looking as we go through the end of this year. You've got to have those strategies in place and ready to go. Raising cash is always a smart thing to do. You know, booking your profits so that they don't disappear like a phantom in the night is really a smart strategy. Don't let the tax tail wag the dog. No. Don't abandon the lifeboats. 
That's another you episode. Gotta make sure you gotta have the lifeboats of of bull bear radio. Don't get man over, the lifeboats. Don't get overly greedy or optimistic about where this thing can go. All right, so that's another episode of Bull Bear Radio. We'll be back with number forty-seven next week. Have a fantastic weekend. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time. And there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations, services, and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments, Inc. An investment in the fund is subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Investments in fixed income involve risk and may be adversely impacted when interest rates fall because the fund may be exposed directly or indirectly to lower yielding bonds. Investors should consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses carefully before investing. For prospectus and summary prospectus, visit WBIShares.com or call 1-800-772-5810. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Foresight Fund Services Distributor.